was Tiana Kimbrough leading a symbolic funeral procession from Morristown to Morris Township for George Floyd. For the next few minutes, we'll talk with Tiana about Floyd's killing by a Minneapolis police officer and the nationwide demonstrations, violence, and looting that have followed. We'll talk about what it's like to protest in a pandemic and who should lead these protests. And we'll talk about what it's like to grow up in Morristown as a person of color. Hi, I'm Kevin Coughlin of MorristownGreen.com. Thanks for tuning in. George Floyd, an unarmed 46-year-old black man, died on Memorial Day 2020 in handcuffs under the knee of Minneapolis policeman Derek Chauvin, who was seen on video pinning Floyd's neck to the ground for nearly nine minutes. Chauvin and three other officers on the scene were fired. Chauvin now faces murder charges, while the others are accused of aiding and abetting the crime. Tiana Kimbrough, a graduate of Morristown High School, started Morristown's chapter of Black Lives Matter in 2016, leading a march that year to protest police killings of Alton Sterling and Philando Castile. On May 30th, 2020, she worked with the Wind of the Spirit Immigrant Resource Center to lead hundreds in a peaceful procession and vigil for George Floyd. Tiana Kimbrough, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So last Saturday, you staged a a funeral procession and a vigil in memory of George Floyd. How do you think it went? I think the entire day was beautiful. Um, It was very empowering. Um, It it really leaves me speechless. So, you know, when asked about it, it's like you had to kind of be there to really feel what was felt that day. It went from uh, Morristown High School, where where you went to school, and it went to Morris Township. How many people would you estimate participated? The parking lot and at no probably had over 200 cars just there. And each car had between two to five people in it. Uh, we do think that it was definitely between nine to a thousand people uh, from the start to the end. Definitely over 500 cars participated in the procession. It went peacefully. People were passionate, but it, it was peaceful. How, how were you able to, to do that? How were you able to keep things calm? I, you know, I believe that since uh, Black Lives Matter marched down started in 2016, you know, I had to build, I had to build trust with my community, and that is all members of the community, including the officials and the law enforcement, in order to, I believe, pull off something that was as successful as uh, the funeral procession that took place on Saturday. Your community has to trust that you were able to lead, and and I had to believe that I was able to lead, and that's how it got done. Were there any moments where you were a little apprehensive about that? No, not at all. There was no moment at all. What's the takeaway that you hope people will bring from that event? The takeaway from this, you know, is that we're not going to stop demanding justice for the Black and Brown community. Uh, I believe that, you know, the world was literally put on pause for the last two and a half months due to the pandemic. However, you know, the pandemic still did not stop law enforcement or 
uh, racist people from killing the black and brown men, women or children during this time. And I think that is the, you know, that is the most impactful thing about this entire thing, that even though the world stopped, the world closed down, black and brown people were still being murdered by the hands of the police. Did you have any concerns about the virus itself? We know that it's hit the African-American and Latino communities especially hard, the virus. Uh, did you have any concerns about that aspect of being out protesting? Yes, of course. Um, you know, we just always encouraged people, please, if you are going to participate during the funeral procession individual, please remember to see the follow CDC recommendations. And we definitely encourage the entire night to practice social distancing and using proper hygiene when you're sharing anything, candles, you're sharing signs or you're sharing the microphone. You know, we just encourage people to, you know, continue to follow proper hygiene the best they could. What have you observed in the African-American community in Morristown as far as the virus goes? What's the impact been? I believe that our county definitely took every step that it needed to to make sure that we were safe. And, you know, I believe that we definitely followed any, you know, all types of uh, recommendations that came directly from the governor. And I do believe that's the reason why we were one of the more successful counties against this virus. Did you lose any friends or acquaintances to the coronavirus? Yes, unfortunately I did. Um, I lost an uncle due to it. You know, in my uncle's situation, uh, you know, unfortunately, it all it took was two days. Has treatment been available to the local African-American community as far as you've seen? Just say that there, there are definitely resources being pushed around within our community and uh, we take it very serious. So we mentioned earlier that um, you're a graduate of uh, Morristown High School. What year did you graduate from Morristown High School? I graduated uh, 2008. And you're a lifelong resident of Morristown? Yes. So as a person of color, what have, has been your experience with police in our area? Ooh, my experience, you know, I was always taught at first, you know, police, you know, they're there to protect you. But as I got older and I guess that I could say I got my provisional license, that's when, you know, the, the, the conversation started to shift, you know, well, make sure you're home between this time. Try not to drive through Mars planes at night. Try not to go on certain streets uh, that are unlit. Make sure if, you know, especially as a black woman, especially as a woman, pull over to uh, areas that have more lights. Um, and then as the, the the killings of unarmed Black men, unarmed Black women and children started to be filmed, then it's, you know, the conversation shifted again. Hey, make sure that you're recording. So it's just so much, so many different conversations that you have to tell your your 15-year-old that ex, that's excited to have their permit and their license. But now you're, you're, you're putting all this, this unneeded fear and their and you know in their mind every time they go in their you know into their car so that is something that I definitely had to deal with and I deal with it now I have to say that you know, I've covered many many stories over these years at Morristown Green and one that really sticks with me is um, a few years ago at the neighborhood house uh, the police chief at the time gave a special presentation that was geared for young boys uh, of color basically walking them through how to react if they are stopped by police and how to interact with police to avoid escalating anything. And it just struck me as very uh, kind of sad that 
here we are, you know, in the 21st century, and we're still having to have these conversations. It, it, he he was trying to help these kids to keep them safe. The fact that such a conversation had to go on uh, just struck me as, as kind of sad, very sad. Yes, it is very sad. And I think, I mean, you know, hopefully people are starting to like really like acknowledge that these conversations are being held within the black and brown communities every day. That is something that we we live with. And it's very sad because when you look at it, I can ask my white friends, they're not having these conversations. Have you had any episodes with area police ever been stopped because of your color? Oh, absolutely. Um, I have a few. I have. I remember a time I was in high school, I believe we're fresh out of high school, and uh, my best friends grew up in Mars Plains. We dropped them off, and as a, I'm the only Black person in the car, or maybe two of us, uh, and three white girls in the car. We dropped one white girl off, and immediately we're pulled over. Now, we're being pulled over by a white officer that's saying, oh, you were speeding in a 25 zone, but our explanation to this officer that we didn't even we didn't even accelerate before you pulled us over. We stopped to drop a friend off. We took off. So how did we accelerate to the point that we're now over 25 miles per hour? If literally the time we took off, you pulled us over um, and then had and then and then searched the vehicle. Now, being young, especially you're taught, hey, follow everything the police say. You know, it's a little intimidating, especially if you don't know your rights and know that they don't have the right to really search your vehicle without a warrant or probable cause. So, you know, I remember that like it was yesterday and I was so upset with myself once I finally figured out that that was completely wrong. Um, Of course, as we've seen uh, elsewhere in the country and and in some parts of New Jersey, uh, it hasn't been so peaceful. We've seen uh, violent clashes and we've seen looting. There's been a lot of speculation from you know all points of the political spectrum as to one you know if there are agitators who they are are they coming from the alt right are they coming from the the alt left is it all of the above are uh, are you convinced that there are uh, outsiders that are stirring this up I, I absolutely think there's outsiders stirring this up but I also think that there are people, especially our young people, who can be easily influenced, especially if they know no better, because some in most neighborhoods, urban cities especially, they're not provided the same educational resources. And even if they if there if there are resources in that community, it's not being properly channeled to the families and say, hey, actually, you can go to this area and get this resource for you. And also sometimes people make it very hard for you to get the resources that you need. I heard an interview with the mayor of Minneapolis who was saying that uh, it's it's a it's a can't win situation. In a, they've been criticized for uh, not being more aggressive in stopping the uh, the violence and the looting that's affecting you know owners of of black businesses. You know, minority business owners are losing their uh, places of business that they've spent their lives on. So he's erred on the side of not wanting to enforce too aggressively for fear of making the situation worse. On the other hand, you have the president wanting to roll out the tanks, basically. How how should towns and cities uh, react to the violent part that's going on? Okay, so George Floyd, his actual murder took place in Minnesota. So, you know, they are, they felt it. They felt it more than I felt it. I felt it because I'm a black woman. I felt it because I've seen so many other unarmed black men and women be murdered live stream, but they really felt it. And so I can't really say how 
or how not somebody should really, you know, react to the looting or rioting. Um, it may be in best interest, you know, for to just let it happen. Unfortunately, um, if that is a way to channel all the anger and oppression that, you know, the black and brown community has felt over the years, I mean, as sad as that may sound, it's the truth. You're listening to MorristownGreen.com. When we come back, Tiana Kimbrough explains why she started Black Lives Matter Morristown. Wow, that could have been me. Wow, that really could have been my little sister. That's when people are starting to really open their eyes. We're doing our best to help Greater Morristown stay informed during this challenging time. And we need your help. If you can, please make a contribution at morristowngreen.com slash donate. And if you'd like your business or organization to be featured right here, become a sponsor of the Morristown Green podcast. Drop me a line at morristowngreen at gmail.com or give a call at 973-944-0530. Tell me a little bit about uh, how you came to start Black Lives Matter Morristown in 2016. So I grew up in a Democratic household. Um, my uncle, Ron Kimbrough, uh, he is part of the Democratic Committee in Morris County. He's been very vocal. Although I try to stay out of politics, it's just kind of been in my ear since forever. And then I will say, you know, once I actually started noticing like, wow, like people are really dying out here. I think the first thing back in 2012 was Trayvon Martin. I was, I, that hit me really different. And then it was like, whoa, every, I started seeing more and more, you know, I think you get to a certain age where you start to pay attention to what's happened on the news versus when you're younger, it's kind of like, oh, the news is kind of like, just like a white noise. But once you get to a certain age and you're actually out there, you're social with your friends and you start to be like, wow, that could have been me. Wow. That really could have been my little sister. That's when people are starting to really open their eyes. So for the, from when, when I, Got it, you know. Got involved and found my voice um, in 2016. It was right after Alton Sterling, I think, believe in Louisiana and uh, Philandro Casillo in Minnesota. That day, right following uh, the Fourth of July weekend, uh, I think, believe on the fifth, Alton Sterling was murdered by the police, and uh, Philandro Casillo was murdered by police the day after. And then, less than 24 hours, that was it. I didn't know what I was doing. I was 26 years old. Uh, from the help of Carol uh, Ruiz uh, from Wind of the Spirit, she completely helped me and gave me helped me find my voice. And that is really how the Black Lives Matter Marstown chapter began because people was asking, well, what's next? Because people were angry at that time. But I, when I tell you, I did not expect, I didn't expect this, like this time right now is different. The event that I did four years ago, the march from the, from a town hall, right? Town, to, uh, yes. To the green. Yes. Um, this this was different. This was diff. It was so different. The feeling is different. Um, people are ready. People are mobilizing now. It's just. It's remarkable. It's unfortunate that this is what it takes again. But I'm so happy that right now, like this is the time, and I believe change is going to come from this. I, I was wondering if it actually felt kind of frustrating that four years later here we are again. Right. Absolutely frustrating. Um, of course, within the four years, we've definitely lost about a hundred more black and brown people. 
And it's, it's very frustrating. I, I had to admit to myself, like, you know, Tiana, you're kind of hiding. I was, um, for George Floyd to be murdered on, I think Memorial day. I didn't watch the video until probably like the week after I couldn't get through it until Thursday night, last Thursday night, I had to watch the whole thing. Um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it with Ahmad uh, Aubrey. If I'm saying his name correctly, I couldn't. The, the jogger I, in Georgia. The jogger, uh, yes. Chased down and shot. Right. And that was kind of a trigger from Trayvon Martin. I felt triggered from from seeing a young black boy jogging, just like I felt triggered seeing Trayvon Martin walking and being fought by George Zimmerman. Um, everything just comes full circle. So just imagine if you're able to empathize with the black person, the feelings that we must have and, and the rage that we must have. I think the most important part is, as well is that not only am I trying, am I, am I activist for my community, but I'm also a mother. I'm also, uh, you know, a, a state worker who is an advocate for people that need help. And how can I do my job if I can't focus because my black and brown community members are dying in the news or locally being, uh, you know, um, not treated right by law enforcement. It's hard to do our career jobs when people need us in our communities. You're a, um, a social worker, right? Yes. W- what's your constituency? Uh, what what group do you serve? Uh, children and families. So that is a lot. That's, <laughs> you're dealing with some uh, a lot of different people right now that are... Uh, that need need assistance that need help absolutely so uh, the uh, and the event last weekend so you went from uh, from Morristown to Morris Township uh, and I think you were going to go to the police station in Morris Township tell me why you chose the township Morris Township now and especially because there's a blue line um, I thought that was very impactful to have it to end there tell me about that blue line the blue line, um, there's an article. I don't have it right in front of me, but um, there was an article of uh, that blue line, uh, I believe, really kind of started uh, right directly kind of after the Dallas or Houston, I think, police shooting, where they thought that a member of the Black Lives Matter called, you know, fry the pigs or bake the bake, bake the pigs, uh, something of that language. Um, and, they, you know, people tried to consider Black Lives Matter being a hate group or anti-police group. So I believe the blue line came directly from that, which was Black Lives Matter. We took it um, as a direct slap in the face because it was like, no, blue lives matter. OK, we're not saying blue lives do not matter. You know, there are good cops out there and we acknowledge that. But again, you know, when you're directly putting something Mars Township, I believe, put the blue line there in 2016. I honestly did not notice it probably until like a year later because I don't go over there. There's no reason for me to go over there because one, I don't want to get pulled over by the police because they're going to say, oh, well, you know, what, what are you doing over here? You know, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to take those chances. So I try to stay away from on that side of town if I have to. But two, you know, I knew that Marstown would not dare to put that blue line down, especially after having an opening Black Lives Matter uh, movement in the town. But Mars Township, I don't know, you know, they they did that. I'm not sure really on the dates um, when that blue line was put up. I don't know if it was before or after the protest. But regardless, it was not, I don't believe that it was put up. It sh- I, I don't believe it, sh- it should have been there. 
you know, I saw an article that like, I, don't, I'm, I don't know really the chief at the time's name, but it was more so just said that, you know, the line was there to stand with the cops or the first responders. And I understand that, but it's just about the the way the blue line came about is what makes me very uneasy. And um, the blue line has to go. Do you anticipate sitting down with folks in uh, Morris Township government to, and police to talk about this? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I do think it's very important that we sit down. Uh, people have been reaching out and they're open. They are opening their doors to us, but it's not on their time. Right. Right now we're mourning. Right now we have to help those who need us most. We have to help our youth, empower them to speak up about their town issues as well. So right now we're here for the community. I know a lot of people in our community, uh, white people in our community, that want to be helpful, that that want to be part of the solution. What should we be doing? Come to Black Lives Matter, Marstown. Reach out to Wind of the Spirit. Find a local organization that can guide you properly. You know, we want to make sure that you're doing it right and that that you're checking your own privilege, right? And you're allowing the person of color to to speak about it, right? So to say, how can I get involved? What are some ways that I can, what can I do? You know, if it's a, a white person, you know, we try to encourage, you know, white students, hey, speak up. You can, you can, you can help and encourage your, your friends, your black friends to speak up or you speak up on their behalf and say, look, this is what's going on in my school or this is what's going on in my community. I need help. And that is where Black Lives Matter Marstone comes in. That is when Window of the Spirit comes in. We're there for, for those hard conversations. And we just want to make sure that it's done right. We don't want anybody to be taken advantage of. So I want to ask you uh, about what you mean when you say that you want it done right. And I ask because there have been a few articles in the news over the last few days about some protests that were uh, canceled. And Black Lives Matter Morristown felt that you know they, they should be running these events. And I just want to quote a couple of things. Black Lives Matter Morristown tweeted... Um, when Montville, uh, some folks are trying to plan an event in Montville that, quote, Black Lives Matter must control the narrative. This is ours to control. You and no one else can take this from us. We will continue to teach and educate anyone who is ready to receive and check their own privileges. We want it done right. And then another event was scheduled for Chatham over the weekend, and that was uh, canceled also. And uh, Black Lives Matter posted that, quote, in the absence of black leadership, this may produce more harm than good. We want to ensure that no further trauma is created from an event that is not led by black people as the message that needs to be conveyed is not misinterpreted or lost. So, I mean, do you, do you think you might risk alienating people of goodwill that do support the cause? Um, no, I don't think so, because if I can refer to the Detroit BLM chapter, we've been following them closely and there's a broad statement on their website. Black Lives Matter Marstown, we try to align ourselves with affiliated BLM chapters. BLM is a Black-led movement. We welcome individuals of every identity and make an effort to send the most marginalized among us. I have continued to break this down over social media platforms. And right now, it's about us. It's not about anyone else. It's not about, you know, worrying if we're going to hurt anyone's feelings. Black people are being killed in crazy numbers by the hands of the police. The police and town officials should not be a highlight of any Black Lives Matter rally, vigil, uh, joy and healing circle, or protests. Is there is there like a, a national um, organization that gives guidance 
to all the Black Lives member chapters? There is a yes, it's 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 it, it is the Black Lives Matter Global Network. It's a it's a it's a website and it has all the affiliate chapters, it has national news, it has how to uh, ways to get involved. We have hosted already several virtual calls with over 30 participants each time who are eager to learn. And I encourage people to check their privilege and if people are not sure what that means, to research Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Tell us, tell us what you mean by that. You know, checking, checking your privilege. It's basically doing some research, right? Doing some research on the Black Lives Matter movement and where it begun or why it begun and why we are protesting, looking into your, your own town's history um, with police force. I have, there's some people that's like, well, we do have black people here in let's say Mendham, but again, Mendham is, a very well-established town. And I can't, a person in uh, Mendham, a Black person in Mendham, uh, goes through and has different experiences in Mendham because they may be fortunate to live economically different. So they might also not understand where the Black Lives Matter movement originated. They might not get it. And that is when we say, you know, you have to check some of your prejudices. So uh, do you have to uh, make all these decisions by yourself? Do you have an advisory board at Black Lives Matter Morristown? I mean, tell me about Black Lives Matter Morristown and the organization. How how large is it? It's a range of um, arrangement of different people that come from either their lawyers, uh, some people that have a background with politics, people that have a background with social media. We there's a, a, a lot of us that make these decisions so if someone wants to get involved with Black Lives Matter Morristown, how should they do it? How, how do they go about it? They can follow us on our social media platforms. We are Black Lives Matter Morristown on Facebook. We are BLM Morristown on both Instagram and Twitter. And any other questions that may not be able to be answered uh, on those platforms, they can always reach out to uh, us via email. And that email would be? BLMMorristown at gmail.com. Uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, that you're a mom. You've got a a lovely young daughter, um, Sky, right? She's yes. four and a half, I think. Yeah. Um, so what kind of an America do you think your daughter is going to inherit? And uh, do you think that she'll be protesting these same things when she's your age? You know, Sky has been by my side since since the beginning. Um, I try to have her every march with me or every vigil with me. I'm teaching her. I've been teaching her since she can understand. Two years old. I've been teaching her. I'm having her out there and I continue to do so. And I, and I want her, I want her to be able to, you know, to grow up in a world that she doesn't have to face the, you know, the same prejudices that I have. But unfortunately I can't say that's going to happen. I can only hope for the best, but as long as we educate our own children, we educate them to educate their friends. So hopefully their time will be different. I really truly hope that because racism you're not born to be racist. You're taught it. So if we start doing our jobs, um, we check our privilege, we teach our kids, and it can't only be done in a home. It has to be done in the school. Tiana Kimbrough, thanks so much for being with us. No, thank you for giving me this platform to, to create more change. Our thanks to Tiana Kimbrough of Black Lives Matter Morristown. Thanks also to MorristownGreen.com correspondent Marion Filler 
for audio from the Morris Township protest. Our music is by Domenico Randazzo. Check out his work at domenicosounds.com. And thank you for listening. For morristowngreen.com, I'm Kevin Coughlin.